Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The SAC, taking you inside the Festival State's tennis community. Thanks to Langman and Lay Elite Tennis Academy. Providing coaching for all standards and ages in a group or private setting at Glen Lee Tennis Club. Inquire at LLETATennisacademy at gmail.com or follow on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Welcome to Edition 5 of Season 2 of the SAC. I'm Bevan Jones, where each month I take you inside the South Australian tennis community. In our fifth edition for 2023, it's got a Riverland theme to the show as I catch up with Riverland's very own SA tennis superstar Luke Savile to find out what he's been up to so far in 2023. I catch up with 12-year-old star on the rise Tom Nettle, who also calls the Riverland home. We find out about the amazing achievements that Tom's accomplished in the last two years. I also catch up with another SA tennis legend, Brod Dyke, who is doing great things with coaching young up-and-coming men's and women's SA tennis players. 12-year-old Tom Nettle from country town Cobdogla in the Riverland is a star on the rise, and the last two years he's only lost one match in seniors and junior tennis in the Riverland. And his second cousin is SA tennis star Luke Savile. Tom's dad Shane joined us on the chat, who also happens to be Tom's coach. We find out about Tom's tennis journey so far, his passion for the game, and what's happening for Tom for the rest of 2023. Thanks, it's great to be here, Now, you've had a big couple of years on this some of the things that you've been up to the last couple of years is quite incredible, actually. Under 11's SA Team Australian Teams Championship on the Gold Coast. Under 12's SA Captain and Representative of the Bruce Cup in Canberra. Under 13, SA Regional Captain for Queensland Teams Championship in Brisbane. You won the Shannon Nettle Trophy for the Cobb Dogler Tennis Club in excellence in performance and leadership around the club. And last year, you were also undefeated in juniors and seniors. This year... Also undefeated in juniors, only lost one singles game in seniors. You're part of Division One Riverland uh, Premiership team and won an important singles game to help the team win by a whisker. You also won the Darnley Taylor Most Outstanding Riverland Junior Award. And last but not least, the top, the Cobb Dogler Tennis Club Shannon Nettle Trophy again. Excellence in performance and leadership around the club. <laughs> what a couple of years you've had. Yeah, thank you. That must make you pretty proud hearing of all those achievements that you've had in the last couple of years for someone so young? Yeah, it's good. When did you first pick up a, a tennis racket, Tom? And, and where did the passion come from? Was it through your dad or, you know, through someone in the family? Yeah, I picked up a tennis racket when I was like two or three. And yeah, whole family plays tennis. So I got passion from dad and mum. And you've got your your second cousin is Luke Savile as well. What's yeah. it like having having Luke around as your second cousin? And do you catch up with him a bit and chat to him, you know, to get advice and that sort of thing as well? Yeah, it's awesome. He's like my idol too. And I always have hits with him and he's always telling me tips how to improve. So, yeah, it's great. Tom's been lucky. Like uh, Luke and Daria come home um, at Christmas every year and they do a, um, yeah, a big fundraising event at the tennis club. So the tennis club's been really lucky. We're only a town of 200 people. But, um, yeah, we've got, you know, 150 members and, and Luke and yeah, Darren have been really um, 
instrumental in you know helping you know uh, get the juniors and getting that I suppose the the click between the professional and uh, and where we started um, as a you know a four or five year old so they can actually uh, you know see the relationship between you know a travelling professional and um, and where they're starting as a junior in the hot shots program at the Cobby Tennis Club so it's been good. You must be pretty proud of Tom's achievements the last couple of years. Yeah, it's been good. Um, yeah, Tom's obviously pretty passionate about the game. He he loves it. Um, he done. He he's driving it at the moment. He's also loves his uh, you know Aussie rules and um, like all country kids, they you know play three or four different sports. But he's <laughs> <laughs> probably at, at that stage where um, yeah, he's, he's he's developed really well. He's he's technically pretty good. He just needs to uh, play more longer matches against better kids. So that'll be the challenge. For him, you know, where he wants to take him in the next two years, I suppose, whether he goes to Adelaide or goes to a sporting school or, yeah, so it's all in front of him. And what's it like, what's it like, Tom, living in a small town like Cobdogler and, you know, tell us about playing tennis in a town of only 200 people as well. Is it, does it make it a little bit challenging, you know, being away from Adelaide and, and playing in a country town or you enjoy it? I love tennis in Cobby because it's so so good because there's like it's so like social and it's there's a in my age group there's a lot of competitive kids that can I have a good hit with them but they can compete with me so yeah it's really fun and I love it down here yeah we've been it's a pretty busy little family business and um yeah so yeah we need to get definitely need to get Adelaide more um but Tom's been he only probably plays three to four tournaments a year in Adelaide he is competitive and he does pretty well so um yeah, hopefully in the next six months as we back off from footy and, and tennis will take over again. And then he can, he'll have to work out whether he goes that 10 to 11 months of the year on tennis and, and back and footy might have to, you know, drop into the background for six months. Or... Tough decision to make, but it's a, it's a good decision. To, I'm sure there's a lot of kids out there that if they had as much talent as you, they'd be in a pretty, pretty happy as well, being able to choose between a few sports. Yeah, no, it's good. But Cobby, um, we're... Uh, the Riverland um, is renowned for its hard, uh, grass court, grass courts, and uh, Cobdogler we're the only hard court club, and we play against the bigger towns like Berry, Remark, Loxton, and Wakery, and you know towns are sort of between four and ten thousand people. So now we have a difference uh, with our hard courts. We've just put in six new hard courts, and uh, we have a fantastic junior program, and we've developed lots of kids along along the way that have been. Uh, been really, really competitive and have gone overseas to do college tennis and, um, yeah, and made a way, you know, at state level. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good environment for producing kids at Cobby. So. And it's, it's a very strong tennis program as well, I hear. You know, and you've got a great relationship with the local primary school who've embedded tennis skills in the curriculum. That's a pretty cool thing as well, I can imagine, Shane and Tom. So at Cobdogger Primary School, this guy I used to work for, we play a lot of tennis. We go down to Adelaide and play PAC in all the top schools. And we've won for like the past seven years in a row which is really good because we're only like a score of 200 and they're a score of like Yeah, score of 100. Score of 100. Wow, well done. So, yeah, yeah, we've got a very good tennis program at Cobdogger. You've got a UTR of 6.3 at the moment, which is uh, pretty impressive. What do you enjoy about playing tennis, Tom? I love the competitive side of tennis and I love being social. I love being competitive with people and I've... I just love the game. So fun and yeah. I was just going to say, you know, as I talked about a little bit earlier with the the accolades of the last couple of years, uh, Shane and Tom, 
you've obviously got some pretty good leadership skills as well for someone so young, Tom. What is it about being a leader that you enjoy? I love being a leader, like helping young kids and like love like helping young players and helping them like play tennis in it. It's important that you lead by example, isn't it? Yeah. And uh and have really good traits on the court and uh yeah and if you can role model those uh behaviors and hopefully uh, hopefully your teammates can um yeah try and rise to that next level ideally i'd love to um yeah hand tom over somebody else because it's not ideal having <laughs> you know coaching your son but it's hard too because I coach him in the local footy team. It can get a bit intoxicating, but we don't have a lot of. Sometimes we don't have a lot of coaches that stick their hands up and um, yeah. But that's one negative of uh, of country sport is that yeah you can't just find those um, those coaches within the community sometimes to to give you that hand. What is it about the the Cobb Dogwood Club that you love so much, Tom? Oh, I love all the. We've got great leaders there. Like my two sisters play there and we got a lot of leaders that I look up to and I love all the older people I play with because I play with seniors and they're great. They're encouraging to me and love the Cobbs Oval Tennis Club. Yeah, we're a bit lucky at the moment. Like, we put a lot of emphasis on transitioning kids at a young age from, you know, sort of Tom's age into the seniors. There's a lot of... We've got a lot of 16 to 22-year-olds, whereas a lot of clubs are struggling at that level. We've sort of got the, the big gap between 25 through to 50, um, and a lot of we a lot of clubs are struggling with that. But we're lucky. Like Tom's got role models, really good role models. We've got some excellent 16-year-olds and 18-year-olds that um, he can hit with, and and we really love training. You know, Tuesday and Thursdays, and and getting over the club and having a drink afterwards, and uh, trying to be social as we can. And, and what was it like, Tom? <laughs> you know, playing in the Gold Coast in Canberra last year. Yeah, it was a great experience. Taught me like lots of leadership and teach me how like, good you have to be, like. Because there's so many good players and you have to be, like, really competitive. And, like, yeah, it was an awesome experience. Well, they play on clay uh, surfaces every second day, um, which is a totally different surface to hardcourt or grass. So for the country kids, or well, Tom was the only country kid, but it, they really, or well, Tom really struggled with his movement. Had to find ways to develop that during, during the week and he still does struggle with it, but hopefully... You know, in the next six months, we can play more on that surface, and you know his movement will improve, and these results will get better on it. Yeah, beautiful. And what's uh, what's happening for the rest of twenty twenty three, Tom? Trying to get my UTR up and play more in Adelaide, and I want to go down to a college like my two sisters, and obviously play play more kids in Adelaide and improve my UTR and my hitting. Well, it sounds like you're, uh, you're definitely heading in the right direction. And Shane and Tom, thanks so much for joining us today on the uh, on the SAC. And it was great to, to have you both. And Tom, all the very best for the rest of 2023 and, and going forward as well. Really appreciate it. All the best, mate. Thank you. Great to catch up with Tom and Shane. And we look forward to following Tom's progress. To our next guest, who won eight ATP doubles titles and finished runner-up on 14 occasions and was twice a runner-up in ATP singles, even beating German champion Boris Becker along the way. We welcome Brod Dyke for the first time to the show. Well, thank you very much, Bev. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, at the moment, you're a freelance professional tennis coach and you do some work as well with Tennis SA as part of the squad. Tell us about your involvement there and what that's all about. Well, um, I've sort of, I was living in Austria for um, eight years and I came back just just right as um, COVID hit and um, 
and I wasn't, you know, in COVID, I wasn't doing a lot of coaching, but I sort of started to get involved a little bit with um, tennis, South Australia, within the Tennis Australia sort of um, overall scene. And then um, I've been doing uh, private coaching as well with um, young kids, basically. Wonderful. And we spoke a little bit about this off air. You're, you're coaching young Luke Modra. Don't say Tony Modra, but it's Tony Modra's son, Luke. Of course, it's Tony, Tony's a big name in South Australian football and and young Luke's going along quite nicely at the moment. Tell us about about Luke and some of the other you know up-and-comers that you're coaching at the moment as well, Brod. Yeah, well, I guess most of the kids are pretty young. Yeah, um, there's one boy who's 15, Billy Williams. He's been playing some junior ITFs in South Africa and um, he's in Thailand right now. And, um, and there's another girl, Taylor Lasu. She's in um, US right now. She's 14, so she's having a trip of a lifetime. <laughs> and um, and there's another another three kids. There's uh, Luke Mondra, Nexus, Birmingham, and um, Taylor's um, sister Ashley, who are representing South Australia in the uh, eleven and thirteen under teams event um, in Queensland right as we speak. So uh, Luke's, um, I think he's got a bit of talent in a lot of sports actually, but. Um, <laughs> That, that that at the moment he he loves tennis and uh, he's he's doing pretty well, but we'll we'll see how that evolves. Yeah, be interesting to see what happens with his dad. Obviously, Tony being such a superstar from the footy side of things, whether Luke goes down the tennis or footy path. Yeah, well, I, th- I think he's uh, pretty good in soccer as well, oh, um, right. and um, he's um, plays pretty decent basketball. But at the moment, he's you know tennis is his dream. So um, fantastic. So hopefully um, that gets nurtured and um, we'll, we'll see how he goes. But it's a long way. He's only 11. So, hey, you know, <laughs> no, no, no pressure. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and what is it you enjoy, Brad, about coaching these young ones? Well, I, th- I think it's um, a chance to sort of, I, I, I guess, is, is, as well as tennis, is like an education. So you get the chance to hopefully um, these kids evolve into um, well, good tennis players, but, you know, it doesn't mean professionals, but I guess it's sort of the game of a lifetime, but also um, um, hopefully good, good members of our uh, community. That's the main thing, you know, that's a chance to, to uh, I guess, in, input that into their psyche. And what would you say the secrets to your success would have been over your career as well, Brian? It's just a, the, the love of the game. You know, I was a little bit of a journeyman, but I reached, you know, 35 in the world on the, on the ATP Tour men's singles um, list and 23 in doubles. But um, it is a pretty competitive sport, that's for sure. But um, well, first, firstly, you've got to love the, love the game and then um, you got to work on getting better, you know, and have um, opportunities and when they come along, hopefully be good enough to to grab them and get more opportunities. And when did you first pick up a racket and, and where did that influence come from? Was it from someone within the family or? Yeah, well, my, my father liked um, playing tennis. Probably, oh gosh, I, I, the first time, I don't know when the first time I actually played tennis, but I remember um, he was, I'm from the, the southern Fleurier area, so I grew up in Port Alunga, and um, I remember as a young kid running from home to the tennis courts, which you know included over roads and so forth. And um, and I think I think I got a bit of a little bit of a belting after that. 
for not uh, having permission to do so, but um, but it didn't didn't put me off tennis. But um, so probably competitively, I started playing when I was um, seven or eight. Where'd you play your juniors? Okay, um, started off at um, Port Nolunga Tennis Club near the there used to be tennis courts near the jetty, which is now the car park for anyone that knows that area. And then they got moved to the uh, basically the football oval. And then um, I guess um, it was the competition wasn't that great in the area. Then I sort of um, played for Reed Park and then a few other hardcore clubs um, in Pennant and Winter Winter Pennant. And then uh, when I was eighteen, I went to college in the states for two and a half years in Wichita State in Kansas, and because um, that was sort of an opportunity to. I guess improve my tennis and um, without the great expense of trying to travel around and play. That was sort of the involvement. And then, and then after uh, two and a half years there, I thought, well, if I st- stay here, I'm probably going to marry uh, some farmer's daughter in in Kansas. So uh, <laughs> I better um, I better try and see if I can um, um, make a career on the professional tennis circuit. So you know, I would. So you know, I managed to play for about 10 years on, on the circuit so that was um, a fairly decent innings I guess and what would you say some of your career highlights were throughout that time Brock? a few good victories like over Boris Becker a French guy Guy Forget who was top 10 and a guy called Miloslav Michir who was top 10 and as well as a few others and doubles you know I guess had victories over guys like Sampras and Lendl and Edberg and and so on. So, and then um, I guess being selected in the Davis Cup team, um, I can't kind of remember what year it was. Nineteen eighty-seven. That was that was a nice um, highlight as well. I didn't get to play, unfortunately, but I was in the team before, so um, um, that that was good. So, and then um, of course um, meeting my uh, partner. She was a Czech tennis player, former num- number one in the world, and we met in a. I guess a tournament in Tokyo in an elevator. She she sort of pressed um, open and I pressed closed, and so um, we've been together ever since. So <laughs> what a great story! <laughs> but, but, <laughs> and uh, what would you say your biggest lesson on tour has been throughout your career as well, Brad? I, I guess it's just always trying trying to get better, you know. And and um, I, I guess in a social sense, you know, we, we go to travel to a lot of countries with, with, the, with the local customs and so forth just to, I guess, understand people, you know, and um, realise that we, we all come from different backgrounds and, um, and have tolerance. And where do you see tennis in South Australia and Australia at the moment? Do you feel as though it's heading in the right direction? It's hard to know because it's, um, you know, from, from a long, you know, say someone for, for like Luke, for example, you know, he's, um, he's 11 years old. And then by the time you, you sort of get on the professional circuit, he wants to be 18. So then it's quite a big, um, it's quite a big, um, time frame. I think, unfortunately, in Australia, we, we lost a few years, um, uh, of competition through COVID. Whereas, um, you know, a lot of the European countries were still playing through COVID. Little bit of a, a lost generation, I think. You know, but um, we've been lucky, you know, to have Barty and um, and I guess we've got um, Demonure as well in the in the men's right now who, who are doing well. Um, you know, Barty's retired, but still a role model. Um, so uh, it's just it's just hard to know. Like in the juniors, um, 
I think the Junior Davis Cup team didn't qualify for the finals, which is a little bit of a shame. So we've got a little bit of work to do, that's for sure. And you still play socially yourself as well? I don't play socially, but I hit a lot with the kids, you know, so that's, that's enough. I think if um, once you reach a certain level to play socially, it's tough, you know. You might get a little bit angry because you're, um, <laughs> your, mind's, your mind's working faster than your body. You know, but um, no, I, I do hit a lot with, with the kids, and uh, which is, which is fun, you know, and so I enjoy that. But um, you never know; I might um, start start playing again. <laughs> and outside of tennis, you're also a pretty keen photographer. Where did this passion come about? And yeah, explain a bit more about this as well, Brod. Digging deep here. Um, I, <laughs> no, I, 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 I do I do love photography. So um, it's a fo- I, I used to take a lot of photos when traveling and so forth, and. Um, and then probably uh, before I went to went to Austria, I was there for eight years. Um, I decided to get a better camera, and there's a lot of beautiful landscape there. Um, so um, there's a, there's a gentleman who lives just around the corner from me. His name is Roger Foster. Gave me a few sort of lessons and tips, and then it just evolved from there. I had a few exhibitions of photography, which was nice, and but at the moment. Um, tennis is keeping me pretty busy, so I haven't had much time to do the photography. But um, it's just a nice outlet, you know. So um, yeah, it's sort of definitely a passion. And going forward, you still want to stay within the game of tennis? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a part of my life since you know I said I was like seven, and uh, it's given me a lot of opportunities um, to travel and to make a living, and um, and and to you know. Yeah, even though I'm not young, to stay young, sort of uh, by being um, surrounded by sort of young, younger people. So I, I do, I do enjoy it, you know. And I give, you know, I give my heart and soul. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a healthy, it's a healthy sort of um, sport and I guess job to have. Well, it sounds like our young players are in very good hands there, Brod, and I love what you do. Keep up the great work, and thanks for chatting today on the SA scene and, and all the very best going forward. Thank you very much, Bevo, and you're doing a great job promoting um, the local the local scene, so um, it's, it's awesome. Great to catch up with Brod and hear about his career and passion for training young stars of the future. To our final guest for this episode, we welcome Luke Saville and we find out about his busy 2023 so far and what it was like to represent Australia for the first time in the Davis Cup last year. It was definitely uh, quite a journey. I am one of two other siblings. Uh, I've got an older brother and sister and um, yeah, five and seven years older. So they really started playing and basically uh, with my parents, my father, um, Mick and uh, mother Judy, and they were sort of playing doubles. We had a court in our backyard and I remember sort of uh, jumping on the trampoline and, and watching them play doubles. And as soon as I could sort of sub in, um, it might've been sort of four or five, I think. And um, I was in there. I think I uh, I took my mum out and uh, she retired from there. So yeah, my dad, he's, uh, he's an engineer still going now. And so he built a hitting wall on our tennis court as well in our first house, my childhood house. And I was uh, basically, as soon as I could walk, I was hitting balls up and down the wall. And um, I really feel like the hitting wall is very underrated these days. It's a great way to build uh, sort of the hand-eye coordination for for young kids, young boys and girls. So that's kind of how I started. And in the Riverland especially, there's such a strong tradition of, of tennis as well. All the small towns in the region um, have their clubs. And we play juniors, Saturday morning juniors against one another and Saturday afternoon seniors. And Basically, I was playing juniors and seniors um, most Saturdays and um, 
down uh, the Cobby Club, Cobb Dogler, very small town there on the Murray River. And yeah, that's really how my journey sort of started from the age of sort of seven, eight, nine. Uh, we were starting to make trips up to Adelaide. It's uh, two and a half hours one way, so five hours uh, return. And uh, yeah, my parents are sort of taking in terms of taking me up to Adelaide sort of two, sometimes three times a week um, oh, around wow. that sort of eight, nine um, years of age mark. And I think it got to it got to one day when my dad was, uh, we're almost home and uh, he might have got a, a speeding ticket or something. And he basically just said, yeah, uh, Luke, um, you and your mum have to go up to Adelaide and and sort of, uh, yeah, sort of continue the journey from there because it was it was very tough on me. It was obviously, you know, young and still in school, but very tough on my parents as well. It was long days and just not very sustainable. So we made the decision, the sacrifice to move to the city, move to Adelaide and um, and yeah, we were there from 10 to 16. Um, I went to primary school and secondary school there at Prince Alfred College. Had a fantastic time in Adelaide for those six years. And then from there, moved to Canberra, the AIS, Australian Institute of Sport, uh, for three years. So I was 19 and then, uh, and then been in Melbourne ever since. So that's, uh, that's a little bit about my journey. And what was it like having older siblings as well? Uh, pretty tough, you know, in the backyard. I can imagine playing some uh, pretty competitive games of cricket, basketball, you know, tennis, that sort of thing. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mentioned, they're five and seven years older. So there was definitely a point, not, there wasn't so much of a rivalry with my sister, Katie, but probably more my brother, Troy. Uh, yeah. He was obviously beating me up until a point. And uh, yeah, I, I haven't thought about it too much, but I remember being a little bit frustrated. I couldn't get over the top of him for a while, but <laughs> yeah, I got to an age where, you know, it might've been sort of 12 and he might've been 19, but to be fair, I was playing full time and had, you know, big aspirations and, and Troy and Katie, both very, uh, very equipped, very good uh, tennis players for our region, but obviously didn't have the opportunities I did. So it got to a point where I started to knock my brother off and that's probably when he stopped playing, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, like, I, I've got a younger brother as well, and I remember playing against him a few years ago, and he absolutely spat the dummy when I beat him and didn't talk to me for about three or four hours. So I get that that sibling rivalry, mate. And, uh, you know, growing up as well, who, who, who coached you, Luke, and, and who's your coach nowadays? Yeah, I've had a bunch of coaches through the journey, you know, back in the early days in the Riverland, uh, Mike Horsman, um, a, a shout out to him. He did a lot of work with me um, in my very young age, very junior years. And then when I went to Adelaide, Mark McMahon, Kylie Moulds, uh, Graham Neville, Broderick Dyke. So all through those six years. And then, um, yeah, yeah, like I said, I probably had, um, you know, double digits of, uh, of coaches throughout the journey and all played a very strong part and unique part in um in my career and my journey and my development as a player so and and a person as well so uh yeah it was uh had a lot of coaches through there and then currently I'm working with a very experienced coach by the name of John Tricky here in Melbourne uh he's probably mid 60s and he's been uh, you know sort of around the game for probably 45 50 years even he played it himself and he worked in Germany for quite a while he was based in uh in Stuttgart, I think he was saying, and uh, and also working with a trainer here in Melbourne by the name of Mark McGrath, and we do a cross-section of work and we sort of really look for the transfer from the off-court um, training in, in the gym onto the court. So we do a lot of work with that and we've been working for at least eight years. So he's been a real constant for me and I think it's great to have those guys um, or girls in your corner uh, in your camp that are constants because you know you've built that trust and 
Um, that's obviously very important to have those people on your team. And then uh, John's kind of a little bit new, probably the last couple of years, but his experience and his knowledge have been fantastic for me. And I'll hear some interesting stories about Mark Woodford's dad, Ray, a, a bit of a fiery character in terms of a coach. Have you had some interesting coaches as well that get a bit fired up at you, Luke, or have they been pretty laid back? Yeah, I've had a few. I've had a few. I, I'd like to think uh, I haven't been too hard on my coaches. Um, I've always sort of done what I've what I've said, what I've been told, uh, and I've always had a you know pretty solid work ethic and um, and manners and all that sort of stuff from a pretty young age. I feel like my parents really instilled that in me. But yeah, there was there was some fiery ones early days in Adelaide, and uh, and probably my dad was the most fiery one to be honest. <laughs> out of, uh, everyone that's. Uh, being involved but yeah you know my dad he he was very passionate uh, wore his heart on his sleeve and i owe really the world to my parents i wouldn't be in this position if i if, you know if it wasn't for them they really sacrificed a lot for me to be here so without them um you know i owe them the world really now i want to ask you about the australian open you made it through to the final with max purcell that must have been a pretty amazing experience to play in an aussie grand slam with a fellow aussie in the final yeah, that was that was crazy to be honest. That was an absolute whirlwind. Uh, very, I was going to say unexpected, but um, well, it was very unexpected. But we showed very strong form leading up to that for about a year. We were playing very well on the Challenger Tour, and we were winning so many challenges. I think we set the record at the time for seven or eight Challenger titles in a year in 2019. So, uh, yeah, we just hadn't had that opportunity at the top level, um, at tour level, at Grand Slams, to really show what we're made of and. We got a wild card that year in 2020 and yeah, really just, um, you know, we got through our first round. We took out maybe the six or seven seeds, uh, Roger and Stakao's second round. And and really from there, the draw opened up a little bit and, you know, just match by match, the belief grew. And uh, yeah, it, it's very funny tennis in general, but um, specifically doubles. There's so much momentum involved and we felt like we gained the momentum in that tournament and really ran with it. and. Yeah, we had a you know a pretty tough one in the final. Those guys play well, and um, you know Ram Salisbury to this day, you know three and a half years later, um, are sort of the number one pairing in the world and a very strong team to deal with. But that uh, yeah, that was you know a real eye opener that we have the level Max and I. And um, yeah, we've stopped playing now. We've gone our separate ways. Max is um, doing great things on the singles on the thing, singles tour, and I'm trying to join him as well. But uh, yeah, that was that was probably one of my bigger achievements, and you know, to do it here in Melbourne where I live and home Grand Slam, that was uh, that was pretty awesome. And you've been pretty busy in in recent times. Tell us about twenty twenty three, how it's all going, and and yeah, what's been happening the last couple of months because you've been all over the world. I have, yeah, I've been traveling a fair bit this year so far. Obviously, I played the Australian Summer to begin the year, and. Yeah, went reasonably well. Alex Bolt, another another proud South Aussie uh, from Murray Bridge. Uh, we teamed up in the doubles at the Aussie Open uh, and made third round. We knocked off, uh, it was the number four seeds, the Croats, um, Mektik and Pavic. So that was a, another great experience for us and a really strong start to the year for me. From there, I went uh, over to the States where I played a couple of events and on to Mexico for a month. So that was uh, that was rather interesting. And then straight into South Korea. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely notching up the the frequent flyer points. That's for sure, the miles. But uh, yeah, very much enjoying it still. Uh, the travels, definitely a bit of a grind. But once I'm there, um, yeah, really loving uh, the competitive aspect of tennis and uh, and very motivated to head over to the UK where I've had great memories. 
the grass court is definitely my favourite surface um, coming from the Riverland in South Australia, of course. And uh, we've got a lot of grass courts there and I definitely feel uh, very much at home uh, on the grass. And, and talk about the rest of 2023. Is there a possibility that you can play doubles over there at Wimbledon or...? Yeah, that's the plan at the moment. Uh, I'm teaming up with Alex Bublik. So he's around 50 in the world uh, and I'm 85. So as I mentioned, yeah, if you're inside 150, that combined ranking, uh, you'll be in. So yeah, it's looking like we'll get a game. Very excited for that. I'm playing a bunch of challenges on grass leading up to Wimbledon. So I feel like it's a really nice mix of singles and doubles. Uh, I, I feel yeah, very comfortable on the grass, as I just mentioned. And anytime you can play Grand Slams, obviously Wimbledon, as well it's just so prestigious um you know the traditions there are incredible and um had you know such amazing memories of wimbledon as well uh winning junior wimbledon there and qualifying three times in the seniors so um absolutely love it in the uk at that time of the year uh, yeah really hoping that alex and i we've never played with one another before hopefully we can combine well which i'm sure we will um he's quite a flary player and i feel like i'm more of a solid guy and Hopefully we can sort of build that chemistry in that sense. So looking forward to sort of the couple of months uh, coming up for me. And, and last year it would have been unbelievable as well, getting to make your Davis Cup debut. Tell us about that experience, Luke, and, and when you found out you'd be you know, making your debut for your great country. Yeah, that was, that was pretty amazing. Team events in tennis is such an individual sport. So whenever you can represent something bigger than yourself in a team and then especially your country, is absolutely incredible. And I hold that very high up um, in achievements and things to do in tennis. So, uh, you know, I, I felt like I'd been pressing. I've been uh, pressing on the door for probably a year or two since uh, Max and I made that final at the Aussie. I feel like we were looking out for a doubles pair uh, in Davis Cup. And I think finally, when I got the call up from Leighton and he said I was going to I was going to debut in March in 2022 last year. And I think he called me, yeah, sort of early February. It, uh, yeah, it, it was very surreal, very surreal. It didn't feel real at all. I was in India, in Pune at the time. So doing it, uh, you know, it was doing it a little bit tough there, but uh, yeah, got that, got that call and that was amazing news. And we didn't play our best match, Johnny Pears and I, um, because a couple months earlier, we played very well in the ATP cup in January. We'd had a few good wins and, sort of a, a similar environment, playing for your country, playing for Australia, a lot of buzz, a lot of atmosphere in those matches. So didn't play our best, but unbelievable experience to get 113, 113th player, Australian player to represent Davis Cup. Absolutely incredible achievement for me. And uh, yeah, I sort of wear my wear my Davis Cup clothing around. I've got my Olympic shorts on right now. So um, <laughs> I, I bring, bring it with me everywhere. And um, yeah, I hold those achievements very high for sure. Fantastic to hear from Luke Savile and hear about his amazing tennis journey so far. Thanks for tuning in for the fifth of our monthly SAC podcast for 2023. If you have a guest idea, drop us a line to thefirstservesen at gmail.com. That's thefirstservesen at gmail.com. Catch you next time. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.